friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all of our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Downtown Brown sitting in for Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the May 19th edition of the Sunny Side of Sports. Sonny is now in Kigali, Rwanda, and he just spoke with our colleague Kate Pound Dawson about the excitement coming up with the Basketball Africa League playoffs and finals. Hey, Sonny. So there you are in Kigali. What's it looking like there as you get ready for the BAL playoffs and finals? Sporty greetings, Kate, and to all our Voice of America listeners. Lots of excitement here in Kigali, Kate. Uh, just a little background. I'm traveling with my VOA colleague, Eddie Rama. Uh Eddie will be uh, doing play-by-play of some of the BAL playoff games in Kenya, Rwanda. And uh, Eddie has already been a big help uh, for me in terms of uh, getting the lay of the land. But, uh, yeah, as I speak to you now, Kate, uh, kind of a cloudy day here in Kigali, but uh, nice, cool temperatures. Uh, I've been out and about uh, with Eddie uh, driving around Rwanda's capital city. We also went to the Kigali Arena, which uh, will be the venue for the Basketball Africa League playoffs this weekend. Uh, just some uh, more background for our VOA listeners. Uh, the arena seats about uh, 10,000 fans. And uh, I spoke with one BAL official earlier Thursday, and uh, he says maybe the biggest crowds will be when Rwanda Energy Group is on the court. Uh, Rwanda Energy Group, or REG, uh, is basically the home team for these BAL playoffs. And they begin their playoff campaign on Saturday against FAP of Cameroon. The way these playoffs are set up, it's win or go home. Single elimination. So uh, if Rwanda Energy Group loses that game on Saturday, uh, they will be officially out of the tournament. And, uh, Kate, why don't I run down the quarterfinal matchups uh, real fast? Real quick. That's uh, a good idea. Let's, let's let everybody know what's coming up. A.S. Saleh of Morocco will play the opening game against Petro de Luanda at the Kigali Arena. That will be followed by the FAP Rwanda Energy Group matchup. And then on Sunday, two more games. The Cape Town Tigers from South Africa will play U.S. Monastir, a finalist uh, in the Men's Basketball Africa League in 2021. And in the last quarterfinal matchup, Zamalek from Egypt, the defending Basketball Africa League champion will take on Slack from Guinea. You're going to be doing your podcast, and what else are we going to have to offer listeners and basketball fans around the world? Well, English radio on The Voice of America will be uh, broadcasting uh, almost all the games. Uh, I think we're doing three of the four opening games this weekend here in Kigali. Uh, I'll be doing a pregame show, about 30 minutes in length, and I'll also be joined uh, more than likely by Eddie Rama for halftime uh, commentary as well as postgame reports. Uh, I encourage our VOA listeners to follow the action on voaafrica.com. voaafrica.com uh, is the website to find updates on the Men's Basketball Africa League. 
Okay, well, it looks like you're going to have a lot of fun, a lot of great ball games to, to be watching and, and telling us about. I'll be talking to you throughout the next week. I uh, look forward to it, Kate. You also can follow the action on Sonny's Twitter and Facebook pages. As you heard, eight teams will take part in the playoffs of the league from May 22nd to May 28th at the Kigali Arena in Rwanda. Four teams each qualified for the playoffs from the Sahara and Nile conferences of the league played in Senegal and Egypt. A top official of Petro de la Wanda Club of Angola says his team is ready to go. Herman Gildo Monga is the general manager of Petro de la Wanda. He spoke to reporter Iron Mike Mbonye about team's preparations. He says Petro de la Wanda is in good form and to ensure as a fine showing. Well, I wouldn't say much about it. Of course, it's been a very busy period, of course, trying to fix up all the little decrease in Nigeria basketball, having a lot of meetings. Uh, but of course, the game on the between the 24th and the 28th of May in Kigali, uh, it's, it's definitely going to be quite an interesting um, basketball uh, event, of course, with the format. Unfortunately, we, we did, I don't think we, have, we didn't have a team in this current edition, but hopefully after everything is sorted, we should be able to uh, resolve all our differences and get our own basketball on the front burner. This is the second edition of the Basketball Africa League. And uh, what, yeah. what, what do you make of the league as it affects the growth and development of the game in the continent? Well, the good thing is, I think there's a lot of fun coming in. Uh, it's done by NBA uh, in conjunction with the African leadership. So it's, 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 it's pretty good. Uh, it's also kind of growing superstars in the continent. Uh, where we have a lot of kids all looking towards football now, I think they'll be looking towards uh, some legendary uh, basketball players, especially coming in from the NBA. Uh, we know uh, some are like uh, the, the champions from the first edition. Uh, but let's, uh, let's just say uh, wait and see, but I think it's a positive development. It is good for basketball. It's the first of its kind, and we're actually excited about it. A Nigerian team did not take part in the second edition of the Basketball Africa League. Are there plans in place to ensure Nigeria's participation in the next edition of the league? court issues in the Nigerian uh, angle and I think uh, the league will be kicking off very soon. Hopefully we'll be having a meeting again to look at the strategies around the league and also approach other sponsors. Of course DSCV used to be the sponsor of the league. We want to see if we can also reach out to DSCV and find out uh, if they can come back uh, so that uh, the league can also come back and uh, grow the way it was growing uh, before the issues around the legal ownership sponsorship and what of you. So let's see. Let's hope uh, in the next uh, few weeks uh, the league will come back. The Southwest Zone of the Nigeria Basketball Federation is planning to organize a program for youths in the zone. Can you tell us the aims and objectives of this uh, program and if, if you've encouraged other zones to, to emulate the Southwest Zone to organize similar programs for youths in their areas? Well, I must give kudos to Lumitere Edeji, who is the ref of the Southwest Zone, for putting that together. I, I must also tell you, a lot of other zones, I mean, the Southeast just did something in Oweri. Uh, Ugo, who is rep- rep- representing the Southeast on the board, has uh, also been doing a great job. Uh, likewise, in the Northeast Zone, there's currently a basketball league going on there. Notwithstanding uh, all 
rulings happening there and there. We must say fine. We are happy. And of course, the MBBF is also engaging Nuga to see if we can start up a collegiate uh, basketball league, uh, which is one of the major objectives to develop uh, basketballs among to make sure we return basketball to the universities. Of course, this is a fallout from the last Nuga game held by uh, held at the University of Lagos. We've had a lot of technical meetings, and it's going to be a major, major milestone uh, for school basketball or collegiate basketball, as uh, the name is. And uh, we're excited. We saw a lot of talent at the last Nuga games, and these are the talents we need to upskill and then uh, make them more competitive around uh, the country. Nigeria has over 100 university and it is such that uh, we have not taken advantage of this numerical strength the population of the youth and the quality of basketball in these uh, universities so we are bringing that to the front burner and it will be a major part of the basketball federation programs that was herman gildo mbonga the general manager of petro de luanda he spoke to the reporter mike mbonye on the phone from kigali The Basketball Africa League is back. Voice of America joins the forces with Africa's Premier Men's Basketball League to bring you the second season of the BAL. It is game on March 5th, 2022. 38 games, 12 teams leaving it all on the court in Senegal, Egypt and Rwanda to determine the 2022 season champion. Tune in to VOA 24-7, FMs, and to our radio and TV affiliates for some action. Pre-game, play-by-play, post-game, daily highlights, delivered by our finest commentators. Basketball Africa League 2022 on Voice of America. May the best team win. Now let's jump into the NBA playoffs. In the NBA Basketball Association action, Stephen Curry had 21 points as the Warriors beat the Dallas Mavericks 112-87 for a 1-0 lead in the Western Conference Finals. Golden State's defense kept Mavericks' Luka Doncic's under wraps. David Fury with the Associated Press wraps up the game for us. Steph Curry had 21 points and a game-high 12 rebounds as the Warriors stifled the Mavericks 112-87. For the most part, we <clears throat> we had a couple possessions in the third quarter where we got in trouble, but for the most part, we were pretty decisive on what we wanted to attack. And once you get into the paint, you do have a, a couple more options, but you just got to be assertive and decisive in what you're trying to do. Andrew Wiggins added 19 points, getting Golden State going by making six of his first eight attempts on his way to shooting eight for 17. Jordan Poole chipped in 19 points off the bench, and Clay Thompson had 17 while they both helped Curry keep Luka Doncic in check. The Dallas guard scored 20 points but shot just six of 18 and three of 10 from deep. Game two is Friday in San Francisco. I'm Dave Ferry. Warriors forward Andrew Wiggins said he's determined to limit Luka Doncic's scoring chances. Let's make him work. You know, that was the main thing. Uh, 94 feet, to make him work. You know, pick him up. Make everything tough for him. You know, he's, good. he's a good player. You know, great player. So <clears throat> he's going to make shots. You know, he's going he's gonna to do his thing, but just... Just stay on him, make it tough. Mavericks guard Jalen Brunson says his team can shake off the loss. We've been in this position before. Um, we're not going to dwell on it, but at the same time, we know that we have to get better. We have to uh, be better. Um, I have to be better, most importantly. Um, Try to go back to the drawing board and get ready for game two. 
tonight, the focus turns back to Miami, where the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals, the top-seeded Heat, are looking to take a 2-0 lead in the best-of-seven series, where they play the second-seed Boston Celtics. I'm VOA's Downtown Brown in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports. And to all our listeners, please note, we have moved our programs to VOA africa.com there you'll find all your voa radio and tv programs and a whole lot more find us on voaafrica.com now we go to soccer where in the u.s a landmark agreement means players for the men's and women's national team will get equal pay and facilities including world cup prize money the deal was announced after they agreed on a collective bargain agreement with the u.s soccer federation on wednesday The agreement makes the U.S. Federation the first in the world to equalize World Cup prize money awarded to its men's and women's teams. Cindy Parlo Cohn, the U.S. president, summed up the agreement. These are, it's truly historic moment um, for U.S. soccer, for soccer in general. Um, So for the first time ever, U.S. soccer has brought both the Women's Players Association and the Men's Players Association together to negotiate. We do have two separate contracts because there are a few differences that the women wanted and, and the men wanted. So, But they include identical game payments, um, pooling and sharing of all prize money, including World Cup prize money. We're the first country to ever do that. Um, and revenue sharing that will be the same for both teams. The agreement has been years in the making after the highly successful women's team began demanding better pay and conditions. In February, the U.S. national women's team won a $24 million payout and a promise of equal pay in a majority settlement with U.S. soccer. Cohn said much of the agreement rested on how teams were paid for the World Cup appearances and will have implications around the world. I really wanted to lead on this and U.S. soccer really wanted to lead on this to bring both players associations together with U.S. soccer to try to solve this complex problem of equalizing World Cup prize money between the men's World Cup and the women's World Cup. And so being able to bring them together and sit down and talk and hammer out um, what was important to all three parties and to come to an agreement, I think really is a game changer for international sport. Equalizing World Cup pay has been a major stumbling block given the huge discrepancy in FIFA's payouts for the men's and women's events. The U.S. men receive $5.375 million from FIFA for reaching the round of 16 at the 2014 World Cup, while the women received $1.725 million United States dollars for winning the 2015 tournament. FIFA awarded France $38 million for winning 2018 Men's World Cup, but only $4 million to the United States for the 2019 World Cup triumph. Cohn said the agreement is the result of hard work and cooperation on both sides. The men deserve a ton of credit. You know, I, I said months before we actually got them in the room together that this deal would not get done without the men's players and the men's players association coming together and working with the women's PA, the women's players and U.S. soccer. And they have absolutely done that. Uh, and I think this deal just shows what we can really achieve if we all work together. In addition, U.S. soccer will share a portion of its broadcast. Partner and sponsorships revenue will equal among the men's and women's teams. In Australia, women's players in the top flight of Australia rules football will have 
an average pay increase of 94% as a part of new collective bargaining agreement with the league. The Australian Football League Thursday said minimum salaries in the AFL women's competition will increase to about $27,000 from $14,000. While the best two players at each club will receive around $50,000, up from $26,000. While the increase of substantial, the average male footballer in AFL will earn about $272,000 in the current season. In Sevilla, Spain, Wednesday night, Eintracht Frankfurt ended their 42-year barren run in Europe, beating the Rangers 5-4 on penalties to lift Europa League title. The German team fought back from being a goal down to bring the game to a 1-1 draw before a tense 30 minutes of extra time ended without further scoring. The Rangers captain, James Tavinier, says despite the loss, he's proud of the team. Devastate. Um, it's devastated the way um, the game unfolded. Um, it's obviously lose on penalties. It's, you know, it's, it's tough to take because... You know, we, we took the lead and you know, we conceded a goal that we probably should have done better on. Um, obviously, the keeper makes a fantastic save with Ryan towards the end and it was the saves the penalty. Just, but, you know, devastated is the word, but I'm also proud of every single one that's uh, associated to Rangers. Um, every single one of those players that's in the dressing room, um, the journey that we've been on, the fans that have followed us from everywhere. Um, you know, our dream tonight was to make everyone proud and, you know, we obviously do push it over the line, but um, the effort that the boys put in, I'm be more proud of. Frankfurt now looks forward to getting ready to the European Super Cup, Real Madrid or Liverpool in Helsinki on August 10th. And for the Champions League, which Frankfurt reached by winning Wednesday's final. I'm VOA's Dan Brown in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports. Staying with football, Gabon captain Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has announced his retirement from international football just weeks before qualifying the starts for the 2023 African Cup of Nations finals. The 32-year-old did not make an appearance for Gabon at this year's tournament after testing positive for COVID-19 and then being sent to Europe for tests on possible heart liaisons caused by, by the coronavirus. He was later given a clean bill of health. Aubameyang was born in France and appeared for the French under-21 side. He was following his footsteps of his father, who captained the side at the first Cup of Nations finals, appeared in 1994. And diving into the pool, Olympic champion Zach Stubledy-Cook set a world record in the men's 200-meter breaststroke at Australian Swimming's Champions and Adeline on Thursday. Stubledy-Cook clocked at 2 minutes and 5 seconds and 95 milliseconds, to beat Russian Anton Anton Chupkov's mark of 2 minutes and 6 seconds and 12 milliseconds. Set in 2019 at the 2019 Swimming World Cup Champions in Gwangju, South Korea. The 23-year-old also holds the Olympic record for the 200-meter breaststroke, which he set en route to winning the gold medal in Tokyo Olympics last year. Wrapping up today's show, 
18-year-old Kenya speed skater Chimbana Lakiza has been winning a contest across the country with dreams one day competing in international stages. Our VOA's Gwent Uten has a profile. Speed skating is one of the world's fastest growing sports and skaters in Kenya are working to keep the sport on track with its global popularity. In a country primarily known for its legendary mid to long distance runners, Kenyan skater Chimbana Lakiza is helping turn the attention to her sport as the reigning junior speed skating champion in the country. She was first introduced to skating at just three years old. Now at age 18, Likiza admits she initially had no interest in taking part in the sport. Lakiza says, we still don't know where my sister got my first skates from, but I was not interested at first. I used to keep very bad company. Some of them are pregnant now, and some of the others I started skating with, even they have families now. Lakiza competes in inline racing, which is speed skating on a flat surface, such as a roller rink. Inline skates typically have two to five wheels that are arranged in a straight line. Lakiza skates on four. The inline wheel design allows for greater speed and agility than traditional roller skates, so athletes can perform better at longer distances. Lakiza, along with her training partner, has sharpened her skating skills in Korogocho, a suburb of the Kenyan capital Nairobi and one of the country's informal settlements. There are no roller rinks or designated skate parks, so Lakiza often needs to navigate around pollution in the streets while perfecting her technique and imagining a future far beyond Kenya's borders. Lakiza says, I can see skating getting me out of here, like overseas, for instance. I want to live abroad. I believe that skating will get me out of here and take me overseas. Speed skating is still considered a fringe sport in Kenya, but skating promoter Edward Mwangi says the industry is beginning to thrive. The skating industry in Kenya has been growing, has been thriving, uh, as opposed to the common notion that it is a sport for the well-off. We, we were here to prove to you that it is a sport for all ages, for all economic backgrounds, for all tribes, for all religions. And in Kenya we have had it for the number of years now. Mostly we do it in schools, in, in learning institutions, but we also have uh, communities where they have roller skating, inline skating as, as their main sport. And while women are still underrepresented, Mwangi believes there will be a shift as more women and girls gain interest in the sport. Uh, the girls have been doing tremendously well, but it has been a challenge because of you know the society norms that this thing is too rough, it is, it is too dangerous. Many young skaters in Kenya, including Chimbana Likisa, have been inspired by Sabrina Samadar, who in 2018 became the first woman and first alpine skier to represent Kenya at the Winter Olympic Games. Likisa has become something of a trailblazer of her own. She's won contests and fame as one of Kenya's best skaters, and she's using her cash winnings to help her loved ones at home. Is that the most 
Lakiza says most of the cash prizes that I have won go towards helping my family. If there's no food at home, then it's used for that. I don't spend much on myself. I use most of it to support my mother. And while Lakiza wants to continue to support her family, she also hopes to follow in the footsteps of Olympian Sabrina Samadar and one day represent Kenya on the international stage. And that wraps up May 19th edition of the show don't forget to check us out on their new webpage voaafrica.com thank you for tuning in i'm voa's downtown brown in washington and that is the sunny side of sports hello i'm carol castiel how do voice of america's fellow u.s funded broadcasters combat expanded disinformation and propaganda efforts by moscow and beijing we talk with the ceo of radio free europe radio liberty and president of radio free asia about how these organizations are reaching vast audiences as they circumvent efforts by autocratic governments to block the dissemination of unbiased news and information that's encounter this saturday and sunday on the voice of america In the science community, the theory of the Big Bang is the most accepted hypothesis for the creation of the universe. But do you wonder what happened before the Big Bang? Hi, I'm Rick Pantaleo. Cosmology expert Will Kinney joins me on the science edition of Press Conference USA. He'll share his thoughts on the origins of the universe, including what he thinks happened before the Big Bang took place about 13.8 billion years ago. Listen this Saturday and Sunday on The Voice of America. Crossings. Join host Larry London. Larry London. On Border Crossings, VOA's only worldwide music request hour. Oh. Every weekday at 1500 Universal. Tune in for the biggest hits and amazing artists. Win prizes and get the latest news from exclusive celebrity interviews. Ooh. Send your requests to Facebook at VOA Larry London, Twitter at Border Crossings, or Instagram at Border Crossings VOA. Or call 202-619-2077 and have your favorite music played to the entire world. Ah. Don't miss Border Crossings every weekday at 1500 Universal, only on The Voice of America. This is a message in the public interest from VOA Africa. Hello, I'm VOA health correspondent Linor Modou. The World Health Organization and Africa Centers for Disease Control say we all can help fight the global pandemic by frequently washing our hands or using hand sanitizers. For more information on protecting yourself and others, check with reliable sources such as the WHO and Africa CDC. And remember to listen to VOA for the latest on COVID-19. That was a message in the public interest from VOA Africa. Want to relax, unwind, or charge up? Then listen to Music Time in Africa this weekend. It'll do all that for you and more. I'm Heather Maxwell. I know good music. And... Africa is my passion. 
Join me every Saturday and Sunday for one hour of commercial-free Pan-African music of the highest caliber. You get great music, music news, and amazing artist interviews from rising stars to superstars. This listen will take you places. So do it. Join me for Music Time in Africa, your weekend destination. Kick it! Africa News Tonight, we let the sound tell the story, putting you in the middle of events from Africa's news to world crises. Africa News Tonight comes to you live from the Voice of America, Monday through Friday at 1600 and 1800 UTC on the following shortwave frequencies, 6080 kilohertz, 49.3 meter band, and 15580 kilohertz, 19.2 meter band. We are also live on the internet at www.voaafrica.org.